Floyd Summer Replacement Show. I'm Mel. Floyd is on assignment, but with us as always, the man who knows everything, Mr. Smarty Pants. I've got, I've got droopy microphone oh, syndrome over oh, here, so I've yeah, got happens. a little box of Cialis here. Yeah, got, that's Kleenex. <laughs> Propping it up. Any rate. <laughs> High tech here at WRT. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> a cardboard box holding yeah. it together. Holding the microphone up. Yes, there we go. Now everyone can hear me <laughs> to their dismay. Well, hi. Hi. How hi. you doing? Good. How are you? I'm I'm loving the weather. It's a, it's a balmy five degrees yeah, out there above five. zero. They, they canceled the high today. I don't know if you heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We're not calling that a high. <laughs> I, I like that one time they were giving the weather during like one of these really, really super cold, bleak yeah. know, weeks. And uh, and they compared it to the the temperature on Mars. Oh yeah, and it was actually it was uh, literally it was warmer on, on the spot on Mars that they were they were comparing us to. I, I have to say I do like this kind of weather because our options have been, if you noticed, a little warmer but super cloudy. I'd I'd rather be out in the in the in the brisk uh, Arctic air with the sun. Out. Uh, yeah, I, I, I find I've, that and I'm much more energized. Yeah, I've been craving the sun and then so yeah i'd make i'd make that trade this week yeah. it's like yeah 10 below and sunny i'm very heliotropic like if i'm, I'm sitting someplace and the sun's coming through the window i slowly turn you're like a it. sunflower <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <just> gotta, yeah, <laughs> ooch around it's very slow and i'll move quickly but i just gotta move around towards it i used to drive to work with uh, past this big sunflower uh, field. Oh, really? And uh, and and in the morning they'd be facing one way, yeah. and they'd come home from work, and they'd be facing the other yeah. direction. It was yeah. really cool. And then if you messed with them, they'd face you. Yeah, LC. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't like that. LC. Yeah, very good. <laughs> That's a very recondite reference. Thank you. Uh. Hey, got a couple of stories here. I, it's, oh, good. She's not even she's not even cold in her grave yet, and they're already tossing the monarchy out around the world. I, I there were two stories this week that I was amused oh, by. Oh, good. One was uh, in Australia. In Australia, they used to have the Queen, Queen Elizabeth II, who's also uh, by uh, by you know statute the Queen of Australia. They used to have her on the five dollar bill, and it's that's I'm starting to see that people didn't want to like you know sever their ties with the british monarchy because they didn't want to hurt her feelings sure but now that she's out of here and juggiers is in they're like what the hell i don't they care. just don't want him on their money they don't right? want him on their money yeah I mean, who would want to look at that like well if they put his face right day. in the middle the ears could fit but yeah. otherwise i'm not sure uh but you'd have to look at it like yeah. every time you bought up so they're they're redesigning it and in the redesign uh, charles the third is not going to be on there Instead, what they're going to do is they're going to honor indigenous Australians oh, in their history. This according to the Australian treasurer, person is in charge of making these decisions. He said the $5 note will say more about our history and our heritage in our country. And as I see that, it's a good thing. 
Also, I, I wish we would do that more. I mean, we've got yeah. the, the movement for Harriet Tubman, but I yeah. mean, we don't need to just put stupid presidents on. I mean, you look at our presidents, and it's a pretty lackluster bunch for the most part. I mean, really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who do you want to put on there? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> James Brown. Or, <laughs> yeah, yeah there you, know? you go. James Brown. Well, he's kind I, of a horrible human being. I, I'm signing like, up for that right now. No, like somebody cultural, cultural. Mr. Rogers or yeah, somebody. I mean, you, you know, that's but, a great uh, idea. Yeah. Rotate it through. You know, Mark yeah. Twain. I mean, you know, yeah. got people that we could put on there. Yes, but he didn't like Christianity, so <laughs> that's going <laughs> to start why problems, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> put it that, and then in God we trust. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> you could have him make it looking kind of askance at it or something. <laughs> What? <laughs> hey, also this week, Scottish actor Alan Cummings, he received a, an award, which is often given to people in the arts, the Order of the, the he was made an officer of the Order of the British Empire, or OBE. Uh, alert listeners remember that the Beatles uh, were also given that award, the OBE. And Mr. Cummings said, I do not want this award. And he returned it oh, wow. to the palace, saying he did not want to be associated with the toxicity of empire. Wow. So um, this was uh, the Queen's death and uh, the ensuing conversations about the role of monarchy and especially the way the British Empire profited at the expense of indigenous peoples across the world has really opened my eyes. So he decided to return this. Um, again, I mentioned the Beatles and, of course, famously, John Lennon returned his Order of the British Empire as well. Uh, he had a, he was a member uh, as opposed to an officer, so his was called an MBE. But uh, he did not like the Britain's role, and there was a Nigerian civil war that was going on uh, during that period, and so he returned his in November of '69. In 2012, the British government released a list of 277 people who had rejected a British honor between '61 and uh, 1999, and that included uh, Roald Dahl, uh, Aldous Huxley. And the artist Lucian Freud. So, David Bowie turned down an, a, an award, naming him commander of the Order of the British Empire. And uh, his explanation was rather amusing. He said, I seriously don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> John Oliver uh, said in an interview on the NBC uh, show Late Night with Seth Meyers that he had rejected the OBE because it was loaded. Uh, Mr. Oliver said, the B.E. part of that is a hell of a thing to want after your name. <laughs> John Oliver, British Empire. <laughs> sort of a related story. A man who arrived at Windsor Castle armed with a crossbow and told the protection officer, I'm here to kill the queen, ah. has pleaded guilty to a charge under the Treason Act. Oh, yeah. He's the first person in the UK to be convicted of treason since 1981. Wow. He also admitted to making threats to kill and possessing the loaded weapon in the castle. He's due to be sentenced uh, March 31st. I saw a picture of the crossbow. I, yeah. You know, I thought crossbow. You, you get yeah. a picture in your head of crossbow. Sure. This thing looked like a machine gun. I mean, yeah. it was, I mean, I, I, I guess I haven't kept up on my crossbow te- technology, <laughs> but but apparently it's advanced quite a bit from the 12th century. Late Middle Ages, it was the machine gun of its time. Yeah. You could like rapidly and 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 the thing that was great about it is it meant that the you had a much wider swath of peasants to draw upon because you didn't have to be skilled at it. It uh-huh. was a, it was automatic. It was sure. basically it would 
You didn't have to have a strong arm. You just had to aim the baby and pull the thing, and off it went. Oh, so, yeah, we should get some of those things like that around, like America. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so. uh, we don't need those. We've got something else, unfortunately. Well, then, then I'll, I'll go to this story. Then, uh, over the next, the last couple of days, some MAGA Republicans were spotting on Capitol Hill, going about their business, wearing little pins on their lapels uh, that were. The tiny little AR-15. Oh my lord! Little guns on their lapels. Instead sure. of flags, now they're wearing yeah. guns on well, their on their lapels. So, isn't and, it the same thing? <laughs> <laughs> uh, George Santos was one of them. Um, George Santos. Anna Paulina. I'm sorry. I don't think George Santos would know how to fire a gun. I don't mean, <laughs> which I don't mean end, to which impugn anything what? about George Santos, but no, I don't. Oh, there's so. your there's your chicken hawk there. <laughs> And they're they're a little bit a uh, little bit uh, coy about what what those meant or where they were coming from. We all from. know what they mean. But it's a uh, pro- it's a it's a campaign of intimidation. Yeah, you know you have a social you have a social uh, movement that's uh, you know you can pretend you still have a democratic society, but behind the scenes, anybody that doesn't do what they're supposed to gets gets the the crap beat out of them. I mean, that's the, the Nazis pioneered it. It's a great way to go if you really want to. Pretend like you're doing one thing and are actually doing something else. Hey, speaking of which, Donald Trump this week was asked whether he would support the next presidential nominee if it turned out not to be him. And uh, the Republican. Yeah, Republican nominee. And he said it would depend. It would depend on who the nominee was. And uh, that's a no. Yeah, it's a no. (laughs) Run, Donald, run. Uh, <laughs> Third party, Donald. That'd yeah, be a great yeah idea. that would be a terrible, terrible thing. I, I, don't do that, Donald. <laughs> All of us on the other side of the aisle people saying, are, don't do that. People don't do are it. saying you're not, you're not yeah. brave enough. You're not brave enough. Yeah, you don't have the balls. <laughs> you're not man enough to do that. <laughs> Minutes before Mr. Trump's interview, this was just yesterday, uh, a man by the name of Larry Hogan. He's a Republican who was he the was former Hogan's Heroes Governor of Maryland. That too, and uh, he doesn't like Trump. And he said that uh, he would back the Republican nominee. Uh, he says he's going to. Hogan said he would support whoever the Republicans pick. Inanimate carbon rod. <laughs> <laughs> as long as they got an R after their name. I just wish it would be inanimate. That would be great. You know. I think well, we need to bring back Calvin Coolidge. You know, he took a long nap every day. You know? <laughs> Didn't even know the guy was alive or not. I mean, well, Nikki Haley announced she's running for for president. So. Yeah. Well, you know what's going to happen? Just like mm-hmm. Trump is the plurality president. He was the he he never got a majority in any of the of the primaries. Right. I mean, you put the sure. primaries together. Yeah. It was always that the vote against him was split several ways. When he won Wisconsin in 2016, it was because the, the vote against him was split three ways. Mm-hmm. So he's the plurality president. I mean, he's never gotten above 50 percent in anything he's ever done in terms of running for office. Yeah. So it's going to happen again. If a bunch of them pile in there and think, oh, we all, the clown car has to get rid of Trump. The clown car is not going to get rid of Trump. And uh, I think that's why some people, even ones that don't like him, are coalescing around that that guy down in Florida. What's his name? Death sentence. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a lovely statistic. It turns out that only 8% of the people in Florida actually have gas stoves. <laughs> He made a big deal about oh, like, yeah, like waving yeah. the sales yeah, tax. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plus, yeah. when you buy a gas stove, you know it lasts for fifteen years. So, I mean, how many can they sell in a year? Right. I mean, mostly to restaurants. Yeah, right? that, so. I assume that's that's counted in that number. You yeah, know, in that eight percent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when you pry it out of my cold dead hands. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
just one of the silly things they latch on to. You know, it's like I, I was telling you before we started the show, I saw some some clip of Marjorie Taylor Greene at a, a, some kind of hearing or interview with yeah. the with the uh, and I, I didn't bring the details in, but it was some administ some uh, education official. Okay, and she asked, you know, so how much of your budget goes to critical race theory? <laughs> <laughs> and the poor guy just sat there and looked like he'd ask him, you know. What, Two thousand percent. That's the answer you give to Marjorie Taylor Greene, and the next day she'll be on the she'll be tweeting it out. You know, yeah, two thousand percent. So yeah, just say about half, about two thousand <laughs> yeah. percent. But then she made some comment after that about how the school district uh, gets five billion dollars, and, and the point is made. In, in, in yes. Education funds. Yeah. And, Oh my lord! So China's really ramped up the little. We got like kind of a mini cold war going with China nowadays. Sure. I mean, yeah. there there were some generals a couple of weeks ago talking about, oh, we're going to be at war with China in two years, and you know, just are there though our generals or their generals? <laughs> <laughs> I think they were ours. Yeah, okay, all right. <laughs> but but now China's unleashed balloon technology on us. <laughs> Phileas Fogg is coming up (laughs) over the mountains. (laughs) They can be here in 40 days. (laughs) (laughs) The U.S. is tracking a suspected Chinese surveillance balloon that's been spotted flying over sensitive sites in recent days. Oh, yeah. It's in Montana. Oh, yeah. (laughs) That's where all my sensitive sites are. It's a defense official said it was a high altitude surveillance balloon belonging to China. Well, thank goodness we don't spy on that. Yeah. <laughs> Initially, China said it was a weather balloon. I don't know what they're saying now. They're saying it's UFO flying saucer. Let's flip that around. <laughs> oh no, that's not a weather balloon. That's a flying saucer. <laughs> uh, Canada's monitoring a potential second balloon. But did not say which country could be behind it. So, but mighty fleet of zeppelins. <laughs> <laughs> Making their way across the Pacific Ocean. Oh no! <laughs> oh, oh, thank God the wind changed. <laughs> yeah, right. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, Remember in, in comic books when we were kids, they you know they had advertised all kinds of weird stuff. Oh, they then. did. And uh, they, there was, I remember there was a weather balloon they were selling for you know like six dollars oh, yeah, or something. Yeah, I, I don't know what it, I never. I kind of wanted one, but yeah. Uh, so yeah, I don't know yeah. what you're supposed to do with that. Put a thermometer on it or something. Yeah, I don't know what, yeah. You know. It's like so whatever. Yeah, I did get a, an atomic energy uh, kit one time though. I, <laughs> I sent away for that. <laughs> Explain so much. <laughs> it had like a little baggie of I don't know dirt or something, yeah, and yeah. That they said was radioactive material. Yeah. And go down to the basement, find I, the radon. I, I, I did. That's why I, I played with it in the basement. I don't yeah. know what I, remember what I did with it, but uh, yeah. I, I wanted to make a laser, but I never quite got it to work. <laughs> I think the only thing I ever sent away for was I got a hat from a box of Surrey. I had to send in coupons. That had a little battery and it had a, and it was like a beanie. Oh, and the propeller? Pro- the propeller actually went. Like, we, you didn't have to, like, do it's, anything. It's you didn't fun with make it go battery, yeah, yeah. yourself. You had a little battery in there and it just kind of, like, zipped around all the time. Yeah. I, can, I don't know why I wanted that so much. I but don't I know either. I <laughs> that was, well, I was 10. <laughs> what can I say? You know? <laughs> 
Hey, speaking of uh, the Cold War Part 2, the United States declared this week, the State Department told Congress, this was on Tuesday, that Russia, the Russian Federation, is not complying with the currently the only nuclear arms control treaty that's uh, left between the the two countries. Is that the SALT one? Yeah, that oh, it's uh, it's salt, new start, salt, start start is called yeah, start. yeah, start. And uh, it was renewed uh, back in uh, February of 2022 once the uh, the Biden administration came in or yeah, the Biden administration came into office. Um, and uh, but they're apparently they're not following it. Um, Russia has all, uh, is failing to comply with the new start treaty obligations to convene a session of the Bilateral Consultative Commission in accordance with the treaty-mandated timeline. Also said that they've refused to facilitate inspection activities, which means that uh, the other signatory, namely us, uh, is unable to uh, exercise important rights about the treaty. Basically, we're unable to verify their claims. So the State Department said to Russia, could you please uh, return to compliance by allowing specters on territory, which had been done for more than a decade. But... Um, Apparently, they're feeling very uh, very snitty with us right now. Other countries, by the way, are, are helping Russia out. You know, we have all these uh, sanctions against the country, but uh, it turns out that ne- that neighbors and others who are favorable towards the Russians are, are helping them out right now, uh, including, I have to feel sorry for some of these neighboring countries. So it's something like, someplace like if I'm in Belarus or Turkestan or Kazakhstan or you know, Armenia or something. I'm, uh, that's just, you know, they're just doing it because they're, yeah. they're worried they're next. Sure. But uh, but Turkey has been helping out, and so is China. And Turkey's uh, help for Russia, especially in uh, trade, they're doing a lot of, uh, you know, their carriers are ter- carrying a lot of things in and out, their, their, their car- uh, trade ships and so on, cargo ships. Uh, the thing that's especially suspicious about that is the, is the Turkish government, Turkey's part of NATO, has been trying to stop Sweden and Finland from joining NATO. And they keep mm-hmm. coming up with lamer and lamer excuses. Uh, you know, too many people with blue eyes or something. You know, <laughs> I get if you're from Turkey, that's not great. But, you know, still. <laughs> no, but I mean, they're just kind of like, oh, we just have another reason. And it's like, okay, well, you're, you're in bed with Russia. So, yeah. you know, whatever. Also, Iran. Iran uh, and Russia have been uh, taking a step towards uh, greater... Greater connectivity. They're integrating their banking systems, really? according to a senior Iranian official. And this would uh, expand collaboration between uh, Moscow and Tehran as they're trying to both work around Western sanctions. So the two countries that are the, the main uh, recipients of our sanction regime are now working together to try to get around it. So Cold War indeed. Adults ages 50 and older who live near fast food dense environments may be at heightened risk of stroke, according <laughs> to uh, research. Yeah. So called food swamps. I've never heard that term, but that, that's. So there's food deserts. There's food deserts. These are food swamps. So there's a lot of food around, but it's dr- grotesque. <laughs> <laughs> it typically- Stinks, gases come <laughs> off of it. <laughs> it's alligators. It's alligators, yeah. Exactly. Typically contain an abundance of fast food chains and convenience stores, ah, essentially swamping neighborhoods with unhealthy eating options. Wow. Uh, meanwhile, food swamps often overlap with food deserts, as you mentioned, yep. where insufficient grocery stores complicate the quest to find fresh produce. Right. An unhealthy diet negatively affects blood pressure, blood glucose, and cholesterol levels, and that increases the risk of stroke, said the lead author of the study. Independent of one's own demographics or socioeconomic status, living in a neighborhood with an abundance of poor food choices may be an important factor to consider for many people. 
Are you saying that it's structural? (laughs) (laughs) What kind of crazy radical are you? (laughs) I always love those studies where they'll they'll like uh, in in the cafeterias they'll they'll put the the pie up on the the top shelf or something and and the the people get pie like 50 percent less or something yeah yeah oh yeah behavioral what the behavioral nudges yeah Yeah, nudges yeah 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 i've I've seen that too like like where you place the item anything that makes it easily accessible of course then you go for it but it's not easily accessible then there's there's work involved (laughs) and 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 being the monkeys that we are that that kind of annoys us reach up to that top branch to to get that piece of pie (laughs) there's a reason why they call it low-hanging fruit (laughs) (laughs) well i always think of like grocery stores essentially as as a combat zone (laughs) seriously they're they're just like just fighting for your for your brain the whole time you're in there no i know i know that's why you know home delivery is like so great now i mean but it doesn't matter if something's on the the lowest shelf you know (laughs) yeah i mean uh, you know and the thing is i see these articles all the time oh you know here in the mediterranean diet and everything and it's like i feel i feel bad for people because i i mean i i think about that with with my students because you know, they're so distracted by what's online and, and people get on their case about it. But it's like, what are you supposed to do? You're, I mean, it's your entire environment is rigged to feed you awful food, mm-hmm. constantly distract your attention away from what you're doing. I mean, everything is rigged to do that. And so we make it in a question of individual willpower rather than it being a social problem. Yeah. And, and, and we're going to lose. I, well, I you're going to lose. I mean, it's no reason why a person has to be a hero or a saint in order to <laughs> live. You know what I mean? I mean, I, really, I mean, monks in a cell probably don't have to exercise less self-control than we do in contemporary America. If, if Gandhi lived on Fish Hatchery Road, he'd be fatter than hell. Yes, exactly. <laughs> he'd be over at Popeye's every yeah, other yeah, week. Exactly. You know? Having the Man. Wendy's frosty. I know. I mean, we created the trap for ourselves, and then we say, "Why are you in the trap?" <laughs> you know. <laughs> Man. <laughs> hey, speaking of things that are out of control, I saw. Maybe you saw this too, Mel. There was statistics that were released this week by the Wisconsin Democracy Campaign, which tracks campaign spending, and they reported that the governor's race that we just endured. Saw a record $164 million in spending. That's amazing. Um, so it was 77% higher than the money that was spent in the 2018 race. And it was uh, the spending last year was double uh, the basically 80, $82 million that was spent in the 2014 race. So uh, Tony Evers, of course, got a second term, and he did it by defeating a business executive by more than four uh, by three points. Uh, he spent about forty-two million dollars. Tim Michaels did. Uh, pardon me. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. He spent twenty-eight million dollars uh, of his own money. Uh, all told, uh, Evers and other groups supporting him spent about eighty-eight million. Where uh, outside groups uh, for Michaels spent about seventy-six million. So within striking distance of that. Uh, it's it's pretty amazing. So uh, the, the, it's the other groups, of course, not the indiv- how much the individual campaigns spend that it really add up the totals. A group called A Better Wisconsin Together spent about uh, $6 million attacking Michaels. And another group uh, called the Americans for Pros- Prosperity spent about the same amount supporting Michaels. 
and attacking, of course, Evers. So uh, about six million. That's, each. that's the Coke group, I think. Yeah, so. yeah. Well, the way Wisconsin, you know, is is gerrymandered now. The the governor's office is for all the marbles, essentially. I yeah. mean, you know, that's, yeah. that's like the the only thing you need to if you want to run. Well, it's the only district they can't uh, gerrymander. Right, yeah. it's the entire state. <laughs> I mean, people should be note take note of that of how often it is that statewide offices are won by Democrats. It's like, huh, how did that happen? Well, because they can't subdivide it. Well, that's because all the people in Dane County and Milwaukee County vote for them. Oh, that's they don't count because they live close to other people. That's right. <laughs> for some reason, people who live close to other people should be disenfranchised. Right, I don't know if you've noticed that. They're like, you know, their auras get mixed <laughs> yeah, up or something. something. Yeah, it's, it's science. But, uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Marjorie Taylor Green science. <laughs> Uh, blobs of human brain tissue which is a great way to lead the story (laughs) brains brains (laughs) blobs of uh, human brain tissue have been transplanted into the brains of rats oh my heavens in work that could uh, pave the way for new treatments for devastating brain injuries and of course Human animal hybrids. I was hoping you go there. Warned us. <laughs> the groundbreaking study showed that the human brain organoids, sesame seed sized balls of neurons, this is a great, great, well written story here, were able to integrate into the rat brain, linking up with their blood supplies and communicating with the rat neurons. It works the other way, too, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> Sure, just like a Jared Leto. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the team behind the work suggests that eventually doctors might be able to grow blobs of human tissue from a patient's own cells in the lab and then use them to repair brain injuries wow. caused by stroke or trauma. Or That's pretty cool. By living close to fast food places. <laughs> so, <laughs> The study is the latest in the rapidly growing and ethically complex field of brain organoids. Scientists have shown that when uh, cultivated in the right conditions, neurons begin to form tiny brain-like structures, allowing scientists to investigate developmental conditions, and such as autism and a wide range of basic neuroscience questions. All right. Excellent. So here in uh, Wisconsin again, uh, I don't know if you've been to the Capitol, but there's now a plaque on the uh, bust of Robert Fighting Bob LaFollette. And, uh, you know, that that uh, that bust of him has been there as long as I lived in town. And, of course, I knew who it was, and a lot of people knew who it was, but people didn't know a lot about him. So now the, the plaque kind of clears up some of the things that he did and, and who he was and so on for people who, you know, it's, it's, it's over 100 years now. I think he ran for president in as a third-party candidate in 24, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, it's been quite a while since his heyday. So the plaque was, uh, it was... Uh, being pushed by uh, his distant cousin on his uncle Uncle Sidney's <laughs> side, <laughs> our current Secretary of State, uh, of course Doug LaFollette, and uh, he unveiled the plaque on Monday of this week. It was uh, so it's 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 attached right to the little plinth that the that the bust is on, and it uh, talks about his uh, being the f- former governor and a U.S. senator and his various accomplishments, including. Uh, it's described as a founder of the progressive movement and the champion of the, quote, Wisconsin idea. You mentioned a Florida governor, Ron, death sentence a little bit ago. <laughs> oh, they, they had a they had a um, 
He's sanctimonious is not catching on. <laughs> <laughs> not, no. not, I don't think one of Trump's better ones. Not one not of his really. better ones, no. no, it's, no. It doesn't really roll off Wasn't the tongue. Wasn't trying too hard on but, that one. Uh, but they, they had a, um, a press conference they were going to have for, um, for broadband Okay. Accessibility. All right. And uh, and uh, but they had to, to pull the. They had a sign made for it. You know, it's like okay. some little slogan or something about broadband in Florida. But the, they had to pull it from the the sign from the lectern before the press conference because uh, they misspelled broadband on the, <laughs> <laughs> on the printed sign. <laughs> Uh, bread band. <laughs> <laughs> them books. We don't need them books. Yeah, right. <laughs> them book learning. <laughs> yeah. Look out. I think that was some critical race theory yeah. person who probably did that. Probably. <laughs> Broad brand. Is what it's <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, can't just trust the spell check. You know, you got to read the stuff. So. Hey, thinking about uh, the modern Republican Party, I was, was reading that, uh, I don't know if you saw this, there was a couple in Iran that got five years for dancing. No. They, uh, they had five years in prison. Yeah. It's a young Iranian couple. They were uh, in, they appeared in a video dancing in front of the Azadi Tower in downtown Tehran. And uh, the, the woman's head was uncovered, so her hair, oh. hair was drifting behind her. And it was posted online in early November. Um, and now the couple, uh, Astiyaj uh, Hagigi and Amir Mohammed Ahmadi, have each been sentenced to five years in prison, according to the uh, Mizan, which is the news agency mm. over in uh, in Iran. Someone alert Kevin Bacon. He can. Yeah, he said that uh, the charges included colluding against national security. Oh my God! Yeah, they're 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 not messing around with this and propaganda against the establishment by dancing. Yeah, well, the hair. Oh, I the think hair. The hair was oh. the thing. Dancing, unmarried couple dancing, and she's not. She's got her sexy, sexy hair hanging out. So, yeah. uh, the agency said the couple used their Instagram accounts to call for people to participate in to, in the riots. So it was apparently it was inciting riotous activity. Meanwhile, in Hungary, I don't know if you've been following this story. There's a new ambassador there. His name is David Pressman, and he's been getting lots and lots of crap from the uh, Hungarian government and uh, foreign ministry and just ordinary people in the street. He said that um, he felt really excited to go to Hungary as the ambassador of the Biden administration, but uh, there was one little hitch. He's gay, and he brought his husband and two children to take up his new job in a... uh, a country that now proclaims itself, you know, that uh, that Orban, the dictator there that the, all the right-wingers love so much in the United States, they're now, the, he's now proclaiming them the citadel of traditional Christian values. So uh, he's received a lot of, I mean, this is, this is like, uh, I don't know, how would you describe it? He got one protester outside the embassy uh, had a sign that said, Mr. Pressman, don't terrorize Hungary with your cult of death. Um a guest on the government-controlled television talk show that was interviewing referred to him as Madame Ambassador. So bully boy stuff from high school, basically. Um, they also said that uh, this isn't just, you know, a person getting a job. They described it as an obvious bureauc- uh, diplomatic provocation. So tells us something about uh, 
where we're going, I guess, in this international reactionary movement that the U.S. Republican Party loves so much. Uh, they said that uh, this was all about wokeism and gender ideology. Oh, the ambassador said, um, I stopped them. Uh, so he said he met with Hungarian officials, and the ones that are nice almost always bring it up anyway. He said, Ambassador, it's wonderful to meet you, said one of the, apparently one of the guys, I know you want to speak about gender progressive issues. I stopped them and say, no, actually, I want to speak to you about your alliance with Vladimir Putin. <laughs> <laughs> talk about wanting to have the culture war right there. You know? No, I want to talk to you no, about the real no, war. I'm okay, talk about wokeism. Yeah, so. <laughs> I want to talk about Vladimir Putin. Thank you very much. There's a, a a a new show on on HBO called the uh, the what was it called the uh, the Last of Us. Oh yes, it's uh it's yeah right wing propaganda basically. Is it? Yeah, well, that's that's the funny well, thing about well, no, it. No, it's not. I mean, it's I mean the the, the last episode they did yes. was was very good. I know. And uh, but it, it was about a gay couple and yep. it followed them you know through yes. like twenty years or something. Right. But it's and it was really well done. I thought. Yeah. And uh, but it a lot of people went on on uh, and did. Um, um, online reviews yeah. and gave it like zero yes. just because it had because right. of the because it's like I don't want to watch this stuff because what is this stuff here this <laughs> is based on a video game about the yeah. zombie apocalypse right, right right so they don't so the guy and as I understand it that's the uh, one of the gay guys in this is like a survivalist who yeah, like right. you know is yeah. shooting everything he sees yeah, and yeah. creates this little Eden of him and his his boyfriend yeah. you know shooting all the zombies or whatever. So I mean, it's I, I think there wasn't a lot of shooting. It was just it was kind of just them living their lives. Yeah. And, and, but but I mean, it was but the fact that it got me that people would go online yeah. just because of the it was it was about a gay couple, right? And and they showed them you know like laying in bed and stuff. I mean, it wasn't you know. It reminds me once that I went to anything, but I went to a um, Japanese garden, a Zen garden in Columbus, Ohio, with my aunt and my grandmother back in the day, and they had a little one of those little like little houses that they have over, like a little tea house where you can sit on a bench and there's a nice, it's open and mm-hmm. there's little, you know, someone had taken a knife and carved Jesus saves oh, into geez. the wood. <laughs> and I thought, isn't there some place where it's okay <laughs> to not talk about that for five seconds? Oh. And the answer is no. That's the way they're feeling about that. They want it to be a right-wing ap- apocalyptic yeah, yeah, fantasy. Yeah. And somebody got the bright idea of saying, hey, there's different kinds of people in the world and right. it's freaking them out. Yeah. Yeah, so, so I mean, it's it was actually a really well done episode, yeah. and and, uh, and some some great acting. That's probably what makes it even worse for them. Well, I know, and then so, <laughs> but they went on and like giving a zero zero, yeah. uh, you know, reviews. Yeah. So it's so the actual reviews instead of it being like a ten out of ten, it's right. like an eight out of ten just because of these yeah. these fake ones right. pulling it down. I mean, yeah. for what that's worth. probably from Hungary. <laughs> it it's Marjorie Taylor. Green, so. <laughs> hey, we got to play some announcements here. We're going to come back in a, in a couple of minutes. But uh, you got anything you want to? What do I want to talk tease? about here? I what do I got? No, I guess, yeah, you, <laughs> off guard, I, think I, yeah. you, I think you did actually. Uh, well, one thing I want to talk about is uh, the Justice Department wants to look at Tesla's documents related to self-driving. Oh, okay, and an Idaho state rep wants kids to work for their their free lunch month, <laughs> lunches. <laughs> of course, because there is no such thing. Yeah. So, all right, we'll be back. We're going to play some announcements, and we'll be back in about two minutes.
we're back. You know, I don't want to poo-poo your interest in that show. I mean, I, I, mean, I know you're. I'm not. You're, a huge you're, fan. you're an aware watcher of programs. Yeah. I shouldn't be telling you, you know, like, oh, it's right wing crap or whatever you like. <laughs> I mean, you know, you, well, you can make, <laughs> you can make make judgments about it. I guess the thing is, in a way, who wants to watch that show or who's motivated to watch that show is kind of illustrated by the fact of the intense feedback that you're just describing uh-huh. you know, people thought that was a safe space for their you know their right-wing post-apocalyptic views guns they don't want to see away. yeah they don't want to see the replication of yeah. things that are going on and are real in our society now <laughs> <laughs> but they just want somebody to shoot at you know <laughs> that they can feel good about shooting at right and when you've because they're zombies after all Well, you've mentioned in the past that you know the, the zombies a lot of times are kind of stand-ins for yeah. Poor people, yeah. or sick people, or you yeah. know, people you don't like, or yeah. you know, yeah. it's like it's okay to shoot them in the head because they're zombies, right? Or, because you know. there's they're they're a metaphor for for bottomless need, and the only way you can respond to it is by offing them, yeah. Because otherwise they'll suck you dry. Mm-hmm. So I mean, what does that sound like? That yeah. sounds like your average right wing guy mm-hmm. who's basically you know like <laughs> freeloaders that, here. That woman wants child support, you know. I mean, <laughs> just kinda, you know, I mean, sorry. Why, why should I have to pay for those kids of hers? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I saw an old uh, Peanuts comic strip and from like 1972 or something, and and it was Lucy. You know, she was kind of kind of the grump of the. Oh yeah, the, and she fuss budget. She was the fuss budget, and yes. she was complaining that there were too many people on the earth, and that that we'd be better off if like half of them would disappear. <laughs> so, so, so she was like Thanos. She was yeah, Thanos right, yeah, right. before Thanos. <laughs> it was great. <laughs> <laughs> yep, that sounds like Lucy. <laughs> That's her brand. <laughs> and I'm picking the ones that yeah, I stand. Yeah, here. it's easy. I'll pick them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what. That's what always happens when that stuff comes up. Somebody says, "Well, who will pick them?" And Lucy would say, "Me." So you know, I mean, she's in all the way. I always thought the Thanos thing was dumb. It shows that he doesn't understand mathematics very yeah. well. Because I mean, you know, you get rid of half of the people. Yeah. But they're just going to come back. I yeah. mean, you know, people are going to like, you know hump and then they're gonna be yeah, more yeah, more, yeah, more babies yeah, yeah. and then that's good you know it's a it's a geometric uh, yeah. progression yeah so. yep. unless you do something about it but you yeah. know just cutting half of them out is yeah it just do anything he just could have made everybody infertile yeah i mean i mean he's he's got the absolute powers of space and time so i mean we, we doubled the the human population in what about 20 years or yeah something? i mean we could we, we're getting it done we, we, could, <laughs> we could cut it in half but that's that's not gonna slow us down <laughs> Nope. <laughs> Four billion a week and make eight billion yeah, in no you time. Just, yeah. you just, just watch us. Yeah. <laughs> well, don't watch us. Yeah, yeah please. Actually, don't. there's a lot of people watching, apparently. <laughs> that's, that's what I've heard. <laughs> Idaho rep, uh, state rep uh, Ron Mendive thinks his state school kids. I like that with a side of Mendive, please. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Dive on the men there. So he thinks his state school kids should have to sweat for their pizza squares and chicken nuggets. If we could find a way for the students to work to earn credits for their school lunch, oh my God. I don't think we'd see any waste, that the waste that we do in the program, because it doesn't mean much to them now. Oh, Lord. Um, he's, he did not say whether he envisioned first graders sweeping floors or wiping down tables to pay for the meals, and he didn't indicate how he would get around Idaho child labor laws. Oh, that's easy. Just get, get rid of it's those. It's Idaho. <laughs> <laughs> no, Utah. <laughs> Uh, the law is supposed to be enforced by local school boards as well as by probation officers. But oh. uh, this guy has a hundred percent rating from the American Conservative Union Foundation. Yeah, hundred and twenty percent. Yeah, <laughs> all of them. So 
He's declared that if you support abortion rights, that means you also support prostitution. Uh, he said both are a woman's choice. He contend that it's a double standard to say otherwise. Um, I don't support prostitution, it, but I understand why it exists. When it comes to COVID, he's uh, he uh, said that the horse tranquilizer or the horse uh, dewormer was superior to the vaccine. Oh, yeah. He invokes uh, God Almighty when opposing vaccine mandates. He says, your personal relationship to the God of creation is not something everybody else should be able to inquire about. Mm. I just remember when I got free lunches and I was getting up, you know, at sunrise to dump out the ashes, get from the coal stove and get the coal and you know, mm-hmm. get the water from the well. And right. I don't think I needed any more work yeah, yeah. for my for my life. Being poor is hard. Being I mean, poor it, is hard. It yeah. really is. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah. But, uh, yep. Yep. Anyway, well, you say stuff like that, and then when you start, at, you know, asking, well, how would you do this? Yeah. Then it becomes like well, it's ridiculous. Just, yeah. It's just know? talking points. You it's, know? You know? it's like like the like the article pointed out. You know, you're going to have first graders wiping down the tables. I don't think so. so. Yeah. They're good at messing up the tables. If you need, if you had a table that <laughs> they work at that. If you, yeah, if you got a table that's like way too clean or something, yeah, you right. bring the first graders in. So the nation's demand for labor got stronger it in did. December. Yep, according to the De- Labor Department of these United States, I reported on Wednesday that there were um, job openings rose to 11 million, and so that brings the number of posted jobs per available unemployed worker. To about 1.9. So there's almost two jobs for every person that's unemployed. And, of course, that means that labor has some power, right? I mean, if there's if there's fewer people than there are jobs, then, uh, you know, you have to compete for those laborers, right? But, of course, that's not Is how— Is it like supply and demand? Yeah, yeah. Kind of? You'd think that's how it would work, a little bit of labor power there. But that's not how they think of it at financial services company Nationwide— According to Kathy Bostinich, who's the chief economist there, there's still a strong demand for workers, and that suggests that the labor market is still running too hot. <laughs> too hot. Yeah, we wouldn't want to cool that off. Pay them anything. <laughs> better, better, better. <laughs> Lure them into their jobs. Raise interest rates and cool Meanwhile, that off. Shell uh, had a profit of $42 billion dollars in 2022. <laughs> Whee! <laughs> this is the largest uh, energy company in Europe. And uh, they they said forty two point three billion. That's more than double its uh, twenty twenty one total, and probably a record for for any British company. Uh, on Wednesday, you may remember Exxon Mobil reported that uh, they had fifty six billion dollars in annual profit, also a tidy sum. Hmm. They must be running those businesses pretty efficiently. I think they're running them hot. <laughs> <laughs> they're running a little hot. They're running a little hot. Yeah. <laughs> Got to pull back. <laughs> you mentioned Gandhi earlier, and of course, uh, just to remind folks, this is the seventy-five, seventy-fifth anniversary of his being assassinated mm. when he was, of course, uh, uh, on his way to deliver a regular evening prayer. And uh, Mohandas K. Gandhi, also known as Mahatma or the Great Soul, of course, was uh, one of the leaders of Indian independence, and he uh, he did this through a very interesting uh, set of direct actions, which basically gummed up the works. Of, uh, of British imperialism. He's still revered far and wide as a name for a certain kind of virtue and direct action. So, um, and uh, I wonder how many kings they have on their money. <laughs> <laughs> so. 
that reminded me of, of India, which reminded me of something I, I heard the other day that uh, it must have been like the 50th anniversary of the, the concert for Bangladesh. Okay. And and I hadn't heard that album in a long time, so I, so I listened to it. And, you know, it had, um, uh, well, George Harrison, of course, but it had uh, Bob Dylan, uh, Leon Russell, I think I don't know a bunch of other ones, but they had, but Ravi Shankar was on there. Oh yeah, yeah. Ravi Shankar, the, the, the sitar player from yep. from India. Yep, and and it was and it was a big live concert, and uh, and uh, George Harrison came out and introduced him, and, and did this little thing where he said, now now this is a little different than than watch watching rock and roll. He kind of was priming the audience a little bit, yeah. saying, you know, this is this is music you just kind of sit and listen to quietly, and you know you don't stomp your feet and whistle and scream and and. You know, throw underwear and stuff. He didn't say that, but yeah. but uh, but he said, you know, this is just something a little bit different. So just kind of sit there quietly and, and listen and and just ab- absorb the music. And then Ravi Shankar came out and he kind of said the same thing. He kind of you know repeated a little bit of that, saying it's just music you're just gonna gonna yeah. you know experience. Yeah. And uh, and so then you heard a little bit of the sitar music for for you know. 45 seconds or so and the crowd went crazy they're just screaming and cheering and, 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 and Ravi Shankar says well if you liked us tuning up <laughs> you're really gonna like our, our song <laughs> there was a period where I was when I was in college when I was really into into uh, sitar music and at one point I even ventured to put a little image of uh, Krishna on my door. Mm-hmm. And this was at the University of Kentucky. Someone set it on fire. <laughs> it activated the, the sprinklers in the hallway. Because <laughs> I put a little, a little, like, I'd, you know, it was like, there were some Hare Krishnas or something, yeah. and I just, you know, they had little postcards and things. So I thought, oh, I, you know, I'm sure. kind of getting into this Indian music. It's mostly because I like George Harrison, and yeah. so it was kind of like natural transition. And so uh, so I put a little Krishna on the door. <laughs> Somebody literally, I got, apparently got a lighter or something instead yeah. of a fire in it. Set off the, maybe, the sprinklers. Maybe Jesus set it on fire. Yeah, right well, it probably was somebody from one of the Jesus groups, you know, I'm sure. But, yeah, that was... <laughs> <laughs> That's little tales of my youth here today. <laughs> I think the thing is, here's the thing, Mel. When I hear these stories, I take a lot of this stuff really personally. Like the yeah. crazy guy, uh, you know, in Idaho, and and you know this kind of intolerance and stuff. I lived this, you know. I've been sure. sp- I've been spending my entire life trying to escape from creeping crackerization, and now it's everywhere. You know, It's like it's oozed across the entire cultural framework of this country. So, anyway. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's see. Speaking of rock music, Gary Glitter has been released from prison after serving only half of his 16-year sentence for sexually abusing three schoolgirls, oh according to the Ministry of uh, Justice. And uh, I don't know why he got out so early, but... Uh, Real name is Paul Francis God or Dad. And, uh, Gary Glitter. Gary Glitter. Violent crime rates in some major cities declined last year. Uh, so it's going down again. That uh, still hasn't recovered from the 2020 surge that was associated, of course, with the pandemic. But still, uh, again, the the narrative that you get from the Republicans that, you know, we are in the zombie apocalypse is is not quite right. Surprising, though, that may be. According to the Nonpartisan Council on Criminal Justice, they examined trends in 35 cities and found that uh, uh, homicides, uh, gun assaults and reports of domestic violence have all declined in the last year. Uh, Some property crimes have not been uh, have worsened, but uh, all the ones that involve violence have all gone down. 
Nationwide, crime has been uh, steadily declining for most of the last quarter century, beginning in the early 1990s, and people still aren't quite sure why that happened. Uh, one theory I saw was when they deleaded gasoline. <laughs> that, that's one of my favorite because you don't have as much lead in the air. Heavy metals affect what's going on in your co- cognitive uh, functioning. Mm, right. And so I, 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 that's an out there theory, but I, I sort of like that. It's like, okay, all we had to do to get the, get the murder rate down was to have stop pumping so much lead into the air. The study found that on average the number of murders de- uh, declined by 4% between 21 21- a 2021 and 2022, a decrease of 242 homicides in 27 cities. And again, it's still higher than it was in 2019, but it's a, it's a bump up, and now it's a bump, a slide back mm-hmm. down. So. Yeah. Well, according to some of the, the right-wing pundits, commentators, <laughs> they, the cities were pretty much shut down and, and yeah. in flames. I mean, yeah. they, they were saying, they were, I mean, they were literally saying that New York City was shut down. Right. And and people living in New York, what are you talking about? Right. This is like a vibrant city. <laughs> <laughs> people are walking around and not getting shot. And so. But it was people like Tucker Carlson, you know, when he was obsessing about sexy M&Ms. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was so happy last week when we talked about that that we had independently come to the conclusion that it's there's something terribly wrong about advertising a, a humanoid form of something you're going yeah. to eat. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it really is. No, I'm glad you're not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I guess I have to thank Tucker Carlson for that. <laughs> they do that with Never a lot. Never thought of, I'd say those words. They do that with a lot of food, though. I mean, it's like they'll, they'll show like the. Yeah, like the, like the pigs that are pointing to its own ribs yeah, or something. Like, like, hey, take a bite. Yeah, like, <laughs> what is wrong with you? Uh, two Virginia high school basketball coaches have lost their jobs after one of them posed as a student athlete and played in a game for their team. This woman was an assistant coach, uh, 22 years old, and she impersonated a 13-year-old player to play in their, in their, in their, in their conference game. <laughs> Wonder how she did. They didn't. They don't mention that here. But uh, um, she'd been serving as an assistant coach to the Churchland High School Junior Varsity Girls Basketball Team. Yeah. Uh, they got picture of a, a video of her driving to the goal, scoring a layup, <laughs> and getting fouled. <laughs> Gesturing with a finger pointed down. <laughs> when the night she's even like, like trash talking to 13 year olds. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, in this day and age, you can't get away with it. Sure. I mean, everything's, yeah. you know, on, on video and online. Yeah. And, yeah. and somebody said, hey, she's 22 years old. <laughs> this is a funny story. I, I think, I don't know. I just maybe, maybe because it seems so obvious. So I, I mentioned earlier that Justice Department has requested documents from Tesla related to its autopilot and, quote, I'm quoting this now, full self-driving features, is according to a regulatory filing, which was uh, became uh, effective on Tuesday. Now, according to Tesla, they're, they're not saying that anything wrong happened. But uh, here's the problem. They have this, uh, the, so the, the, the national... Uh, Highway Traffic Administration, Safety Administration, has already been asking about these autopilot and sure. this full self-driving. And the reason why is it says full self-driving, but it says, according to Elon Musk back in October, he said, well, we're not saying it's ready to have no one behind the wheel, even though the name of it is full self-driving. 
<laughs> so even though it says it's full self-driving, it doesn't mean it's full self-driving. You've got to read the fine print. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. When you get the car, it really yeah. can't do everything it's been promised. This is according to Michael Brooks. He's the executive director of the, something called the Center for Auto Safety. And he said Tesla is putting a vehicle out on the road that is unable that is unable to perform to the capabilities claimed. Yet we have drivers relying on those promises and essentially not paying attention to the drive because they think it is more capable than it is. So they call it full self-driving. They promise lots of things. And then when you say, well, wait, it actually doesn't drive itself. You know, things are going to happen that are bad if you assume it will. They say, oh, we never said that. <laughs> <laughs> so for some strange reason, the government's looking into that. <laughs> You said that. We didn't say that. Yes. A New York man heading on a dream holiday to Sydney, Australia to take a cruise um, got the shock of his life when he looked out the plane window to see snow-capped mountains rather than the, the golden sands. Mm. I saw a mountaintop covered in white snow. At this point, I knew I was in trouble, he said. Uh, he realized he'd booked a, a flight to Montana, Sydney, ah. Montana, <laughs> instead of Sydney, Australia. <laughs> he said it's the the acronyms on the air the airports, the uh, SYD as opposed to SDY. Somebody has to fix that, he said, uh, the the airport codes. So, but uh, no, he he landed in Billings, Montana, instead of in uh, Sydney, Australia. Somebody from the hotel that put him up said, this is the second time we've had a guest that was trying to get to Australia. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not, oh, wow, that's amazing. You're lucky you didn't end up in like Paris, Texas when you went there to you Paris. There you go, yeah. This is Paris, Kentucky, too. Is there? Yeah, yeah. They just ran out of names. Yeah, we're, we're pretty, I'll look around Wisconsin. I mean, yeah. we've got Brooklyn and Yeah, but we do Oregon. have some, we have some good Indian names. Here, yeah, Some yeah. indigenous names that are yeah. nice. So Ashwabanon is one of my favorites. Um so there was an article in the journey, journal Nature, and I've been thinking about this. In fact, I was thinking about it on the way over. They did an analysis of millions of scientific papers and patents. And what they discovered, and this is the point of this paper, is that there are very few, very few um, breakthroughs, new discoveries, new innovations. Um, the three analysts, uh, led by a guy by the name of Michael Park, who's at the University of Minnesota, they did three analysts. They said there's a steady drop from 1945 to 2010 in disruptive finds as a share of the scientific venture, suggesting that scientists today are more likely to be pushing ahead incrementally than making intellectual leaps. And I was thinking about that, and I was like, you know, everything's like that. We're not living in the heroic age of science anymore because no. for most, for all of human history, nobody had the slightest idea how anything worked. I mean, that's a big deal. <laughs> I mean, like when they figured out for the first time that the, that the Earth was round or they figured out that this everything wasn't going around. I mean, you can only discover that once. Yeah, or microbes. Or yeah, microbes. Or, I mean, even something like a, a technology. Like, basically, everything that we have in terms of mass communication is just, uh, it's either a, mo a modification of a telegraph or a modification of radio. I mean, mm -hmm. that's it. You know, either broadcasting through the air or broadcasting electrically through a wire. Mm -hmm. Everything after that is is just a modification of that initial crazy thing that nobody would have ever dreamed of, mm -hmm. you know, for the so many hundred thousand years before that humans existed. Yeah. So you get to a point, the heroic age is over, now you are just modifying stuff, sure, right? Sure. I mean... It's iPhone 15.0, yeah, yeah, it's not yeah. That different from 14.0. Yeah. So I, I guess I, I just kind of was like underwhelmed by that result. I was like, well, duh. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> but these things go in in the it kind of kind of waves sometimes too. Yeah. I mean, like like they thought physics was pretty much a dead science no, at true. one point, and it was like it was just just this backwater that nobody right. messed with, and then you know, yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the big leap in AI will come when neuroscientists actually figure out. How humans think, yeah, because we we're nowhere near we're knowing, not, knowing we're, that we're not Every, computers. No, yeah. everything that we do in terms of AI, I, I, it's really unfair to use the I because mm-hmm. you're basically creating a system that imit, mimics what humans do, but is not necessarily doing what humans mm-hmm. do. As yeah. soon as we figure out how we do what we do, yeah. then then that'll be a big. I deal. always thought that was it was similar. Like when you look at computer commands, they're always kind of mimicking things where you see like cut and paste. And yeah, like, yeah. You know, but we have to, you know, we're still kind of going back. It's like, I want something like a like a scissors and a piece of, piece of tape. <laughs> yeah, <you know>? right. <laughs> exactly. It's just a fancy scissors. I mean, well, I mean, it's actually... We gotta go. Time to declare. <laughs> the weekend. If you want to hear more of that, no, tune in next week. No, 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 one wants, no one wants to hear more of that. So. <laughs> All right, it's 2 o'clock. You're listening to WRT 89.9 FM Madison. Stick around. The kiosk is next after that. Who Chris for you with the real Jaguar.